Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. Okay, so today we're talking about the holy trinity of muscle growth. Train the muscle, feed the muscle, and rest the muscle, which is what it takes to properly grow the muscle. So without these three, this three-part complete strategy, we really hinder maximum results in muscle and strength gain. So we're going to get into that. Uh, got the coaches here today. We got Marty and Jim. They know all about it. So the goal here, guys, is to gain muscle. So let's talk about how we, we do it. First of all, um, the, the trinity that we're talking about is we train it, we feed it, and we rest it. Not everybody's doing that. And how important it is, is it to really do all three things at once can we skip one of those? Can we not get enough rest? Or, you know, what's going to happen? Let me take the kick off, man. Well, I mean, I'm, I've come to almost a belief that diet is, is, and I don't want to give it a percentage, but it is a huge part of everything that you do as far as training and recovery. And, uh, of course, the sleeping. I know Marty and I are both like to take naps. We should talk about that later, too. Not together, but uh, – um, What's that? You getting ready to take one now? I'm going to take one now. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about what you're putting your body through with the weight training session, especially if you're busting your butt in there, you know, and you're doing, uh, you know, heavy weights and you're, you're tearing your muscles down, it's – if you're not putting the other two in there, you're wasting your time. I mean, it's common sense. The problem is people get confused on – how did you know what to eat or is there a window where all this stuff uh is is most optimal so we could talk about that too but uh yeah i want to get into that yeah, and, and the definitely training, the training is important there's no question but without those other two you're you're swinging in the dark you know? you know i i had the pleasure of having lunch with uh mr olympia lee haney years ago we were doing a shoot for uh twin lab and you know he was involved with them with the, their vitamins and we we're doing a um uh, a workout video at this gym. So I got to have lunch with him. I was probably about 19. So it was, it was so cool to just sit there and have lunch with him and his wife. And we just kind of just sat there and talked while we ate. But he told me if it was either 70 or 80%. He said nutrition is 70 to 80, 80% of this whole thing. You know, so bodybuilding of body, of, of bodybuilding, bodybuilding, not so, of, generalized fitness that's too right, big, right. that's too big a percentage for you so the other percentage you may know I, 20, may i respectfully point out guys in prison that's yeah, oh, yeah. No and, we, and we do talk about that and, and that's, that's why you look look at the muscle growth that the prisoners these incarcerated men get i put their results up against any private personal trainer in the nation and these guys are living on what jimmy bologna sandwiches and ramen noodles yeah, and now, it's the, now, a perfect example of the adaptive ability of the body, man. It's like right. grow, or die, grow or die. So, yeah. well, but what do they have going for them? What, are, what does the incarcerated prisoner have going for them? They have consistency. Yep. Yeah. They're uh, forced yeah. to use primitive tools, which turns out to be a benefit, right? They only got right. beat up barbells a bench. if any if any they if, took a bunch yeah, of stuff. if any maybe the, maybe they have a squat rack they'll have a pull-up bar that maybe they have some dip racks but you're, you're forced to do the primitive movements but you can do them every day 
Mm-hmm. They're also forced to use short sessions because you're only in the yard for you know a short time. You don't yeah. you, know, you can't have extended sessions, and you got to train out that, that side in February. You know, you know what I mean. So you yeah. gotta gotta have some de- dedication going there. On the other hand, it just goes to show that the nutritional component can be overemphasized. I noticed the same thing when I was competing. And I'd go up against the Russians. When I was competing internationally, IPF, uh, or coaching internationally, IPF, you'd see the Russians come in, and these guys were like, uh, these were hard scrabble guys. These were guys from, you know, Siberia and, you know, the Ukraine, and they, like, travel on a bus 5,000 miles to get to the championship right. in Vienna. And they have, like, cardboard suitcases and plastic shoes. Right. Oh man, but those they, shoes have holes in them. Uh, yeah, they have. Yeah, and but they're incredible lifters. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how is this possible? You know, and it's again, well, you know, it's a different. Well, way. but I just it, wanted to point out that I didn't. No, you're right. To, I, mean, I didn't right. mean to sidetrack it. I just, but when I you hear that flipped around in fitness, so it's eighty yeah, percent. Nutrition is eighty percent of success. It it depends on your situation. It really yes, yes, it does. I, I think it does, but. All right. Oh, have couple, to, wait, couple oh, wait. Let me let me just make I'm I'm gonna let you get back to it, JP. But okay. how about this? What if you were the prisoner, right? Now all of a sudden we give him right. a really excellent diet. Thank you. I was just gonna that's, say that. That's right? what I was gonna say. You yeah. put him on the whatever, the, the classic six time a day bodybuilding regimen. The guy would blow up into a monster. Right. Right. Because he's already had with the sleep and, and you know he's got the sleep down pat. That's for sure, right? The resting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing with the prisoners is they're getting plenty of rest, that's and true. they're getting and they're it, it, they're like in survival mode when they're in there. They've got to do well in front of the other guys. Yeah. They've got to stay strong. They've yeah. you know so psychologically, I mean, they've got to really bust their ass in there and, and make good gains and stay you strong. Some, and, you have some great lifters in the military, and they don't have the world's best eating either. Yeah. And, you know, Ed, Ed Cohn was on a few weeks ago, and I was surprised. You know, we started asking him about his, his diet and, and all that, and he goes, well, I just kind of ate whatever I want. And I, as you know, the world's you know, greatest power lifter, I was pretty surprised by that. The, you know why he said that? Because he eats whatever he wants. Yeah, I've been with him. It's just like, hey, well, you know, we were at one time with a uh, bunch of lifters, and we stopped at a Seven Eleven for gas, and he got three hot dogs. One of the lifters ran up and went, "Did he use mustard or ketchup?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, you want to know everything about it, Cody. Yeah. Well, you know, I guarantee if we looked at his his daily intake, he's getting his body weight in protein. He's just not thinking of he's having a burger, he's having yeah. three hot dogs, he's having right. a steak and potato. Right. So he's right. getting what he needs. And right. he's turning all that into muscle, so he's not getting fat. He's not, you know, getting a bed cone, never had a belly in his life. You know, he's right. always, always and I think metabolism is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and that's an uh, under-discussed issue. You know, you're your ability to amplify or, or uh, tune down your, your metabolism. It's like yeah. turn, turning up or down the thermostat in your, the heating thermostat in your home. I was just thinking about that before we got on the air. If I ate like other people eat 
you know, like Kirk. I remember one time Kirk <laughs> was coming into Mac and I was on the treadmill yeah. and I was eating freaking tuna and water, you know, yeah. eating tuna and drinking water for mm -hmm. breakfast. He walked in, he was about, you know, 7% body fat and he had yep. Wendy's double with a frosty and like a large fry. And he pointed in the window because he could see me and just started laughing. <laughs> I'm flipping him off and he's laughing at me. <laughs> but you know. And, he, and he's got veins all over oh, his yeah. arms. Yeah. And every time, he, yeah. every time he takes a bite, muscles ripple up and down his arms. And then and they're 22 inches. Yeah, I would be, I'd be fat as a pig if I ate like that, you know? Well, and when he tightens up, he goes down to like, you know, only two beef burritos, right. you know, when he gets ripped. Yeah. <laughs> right. Was, uh, and, and it just goes to show, I have to, I have to do a little more extreme things, whether it's, um, you know, if I ate like that, I just put on, I could put on muscle, but I would put on fat on fast, fast paced. Yeah, I would oh, too. You, oh, you'd look like Jabba the Hutt, but. Oh yeah, that's that, uh, you know, endo meso and, and just not, <laughs> you know, just got to suffer where other Kirk was saying. Oh, so it's individual. Kirk was saying that one time he went down to Ocean City, so you know he he decides to take a week off. And by the way, this is on YouTube. If anybody wants to go, just type type in uh, on YouTube Kirk Kurwaski beer or uh, uh, what is it Metrics. beer metrics or, or whatever we call it. And uh, he said he went away that that week and he just pounded the beers, ate whatever he wanted, pizza, hot dogs and all that. And he said literally because he was so strict before and going into that, he just turbocharged his uh, metabolism. Yeah. And he said he was getting leaner by the day by just eating all this crap. He calls his nutritional guy and cussed him out. He goes, hey, I'm going to eat like this. From now on. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's the, that's the anabolic burst that right. follows a bodybuilding starve down. Yes. And you, it lasts for everybody in the length that it lasts. Jimmy, you know, they discovered this because bodybuilders back in the Chris Dickerson, Frank Zane era, their mode was just flat starvation. Yeah. You know, just how few calories can you take in? How much cardio can you do? And it was, they came in with these small emaciated physiques. I mean, I, I, Dickerson and, had 16 and a half inch arms and he won two Olympias. So like, how is that possible? Yeah. Right. And then Zane had 17 inch arms, you know, what did Arnold famously said, Oh yeah. You described Zane. He said a chicken with 17 inch arms. <laughs> All of these mini champions. Yeah. The, yeah, the mini champion. Yeah, the, the national, man. the national average for arms we found out is 13 inches. If yeah. you can believe that. That's well, right. the, the point, the, 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 point being that that you know you can you can amp the metabolism and bodybuilders have learned how to do it and it's it's predicated pretty much on starvation you have to uh take in less you've got to detoxify you've got to get all the chemicals out of your body and, and when you diet down with that severity then when you add back in there's a period of time where the body forgets how to how to create fat. And for it's me, called, it's like a week. A week yeah, solid it's, of eating it's, like it's, 10 to 15,000 calories. And at the end of that, it what happens is called spillover. Yeah. And then you right. start to so you and but some guys it only lasts like 72 hours and then it starts spilling over. What that means, spillover, is that your body relearns how to make fat. So at that point, you take in the bad stuff and it's like, oh yeah, you're fat again. Yeah. 
It's starting to look but there's watery, a, a, very watery. This glorious period that was called the anabolic burst. Uh, that and it's for real. Um, I used it uh, in lifting. I I weighed in. And I forget in the 1990s at the National Masters Powerlifting Championships. I think in '96, and I starved to get down to 220. Right, mm. <clears throat> and just I mean I was shaky, but it it had a 24 uh, hour weigh in. Oh, nice. So I lifted the next day. I weighed 233. <laughs> And those guys looked at me like, who did you pay off? <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, it's just science, buddy. And again, I was just using that. I was so depleted of all those nutrients. And what you do is you add that in salt and liquid and you swell. And you swell. You swell up, right? And, and, but when you're swollen, you have better leverage for squatting, benching, and deadlifting. No question. Right. So again, it's the, the amplification, the manipulation of the metabolism. Uh, if, if it's a growth cycle, you need to be calorie plus, right? You got to be taking in enough fuel to fuel growth. It's a myth that you're going to get ripped and grow your arms two inches. Right. Exactly. You got to decide either or man. I mean, yeah. you're going to accept the fact that I'm going to put on a little bit of fat while I put on this size. Yeah. You know, because they don't not, want to do that. No, I know it's stupid. You gotta, that is so. That is the most politically incorrect thing. When you 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 bring that up, they look at you like, "But I won't fit into my thirty-two inch jeans anymore." Yeah, Jim, some uh, some basic recommendations, some dietary recommendations for people just wanting to put on muscle, lean muscle. You know, not not gain too much uh, fat weight. What are some basic building blocks that you would recommend, you know, from the well, time the, you get up? Yeah. The, the easiest way would, would be to keep your protein constant and yeah. high. You know, keep it, keep it at least uh, a gram per pound of body weight or sometimes up to a uh, pound and a half to two certain when you deplete your carbs some and then fluctuate your carbs. I mean, carbs are going to put the weight on you. You just got to make sure you have the protein and all that glycogen is protein sparing. It's tough. And people, I know the next question is, well, I'm, you're always talking about anabolic and keto and all that. Really tough to put on muscle like that. It's really tough. I mean, yeah. the carbs um, are, I think, are key to putting on, putting oh, as on John, muscle. As John Perillo said, show me somebody that's on keto that's gaining muscle. Yeah. I mean, there, there's uses for all of this stuff. You know, yeah. really, for the, when I, if you're going to try to get ripped, yeah, now we're going to, go into adding some more fats and things like or that. Or if that's a comfortable way for you to live your life. Right. That's true. You, that's you can right. use that as your sort of default place. Or right. the, the opposite would be Dorian Yates. You talk about going to lunch. I went to lunch with Dorian and, and um, he's ordering everything fat, fat, fat free, you know, yeah. uh, chicken breast with you right. know, skinless and, rice and he gets a big salad and you know to me yeah. he's like he like uh, yeah, i don't want to sound sexist but he almost he's like a woman you know what i mean he's everything is <laughs> oh, no, lean, that lean and fat free but i you know i'm i'm sitting there and i'm like eating ribs yeah well 80s and 90s that's what they were all doing and i yeah. asked him no 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 you know what he said he said i have always had an aversion to fat yeah. he said i just from the time i was a kid i'd take in fat you just make me sick i don't like Fat. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't metabolize it that well. My, like, my wife is. My wife is like that. 
she has this very narrow, limited menu of foods that she can consume. And if she steps two inches outside the boundaries, it's like she goes into toxic shock. But because she's confined to that, it keeps her lean and muscled up. Right. right? And that's, but so I'm just saying that on the opposite end of keto, you know, bacon and eggs for breakfast and steak for dinner, you got guys like Dorian who said, man, I can't do that. So that's why we came up with the idea of that, you know, most people fall into one or two baskets. Either you're kind of a fat centric person yeah. Yeah. or you're a carb centric person, but you can't be both because that's what everybody does. And you mix fat and carbs and sugar together. And that's when you die. Right? And that's your Cheetos, Cheetos <laughs> and pizza and all that. But I would say JP, if somebody is going to start, like when I start online clients on something like that, I start them off, you know, probably with a pound, uh, a gram per pound of body weight of protein. And then the carbs are two to three times your body weight. Mm-hmm. And then we, and I, you know, essential fish oil and all that. And usually they're usually always taking that. Um, and then we, we see in a couple of weeks how that works for them. They're saying, oh, coach, you know, I feel sluggish. I feel like I'm putting on fat. We'll back it off a little bit and try to find that sweet spot. And, and, and like yeah. Marnie just said about Dorian, people metabolize all this stuff differently. So you have to have sort of a testing period to see how it all goes. Well, but, now, but, how, how just, often? Just as, we, just as we pick the direction one way or the other, with are we going to add muscle or are we going to get ripped? Yeah. We also need to pick the dietary direction, right? right. That syncs up with it. Are you a fat centric? Are you a carb centric? Yeah. yeah. Right. And and then it's like okay, but you have to commit. Now, Jim, when when I put people on a an add muscle, like they say, you know, I'm tired of my arms being 15 inches. What do I got to do to get them to 17? It's like, well, we might have to have a bus stop at 16 in between, you know? Right. And in order to get from 15 to 16, the old classic prescription was you had to add 10 pounds mm-hmm. of body weight. For an inch, right? For an inch in arms, usually would give two inches in the chest, mm-hmm. maybe an inch and a half to two inches in the thighs, right? Uh, for now, I'd say, I'd say, an inch in the thigh, maybe an inch and a half in the thigh. But to get to 17, a 15 inch guy is gonna have to gain 20 pounds and it's gotta be primarily muscle. How long should it take to gain an inch on your arms? It depends, depends, buddy, you know, it depends how old you are, it depends your, uh, Mm -hmm. are you a big heavy guy that's coming down or you a little skinny guy coming up? Or do you have access to food, right? Okay, well, let me give you a scenario. All right, guy, mid, mid 20s. You obviously uh, had access to food. I did, yeah, lots of it. <laughs> I uh, it took a lot to keep you filled up. But uh, you know, a guy mid twenties that's that's getting into bodybuilding. Yeah. He's uh, you know his nutrition is dialed in. Everything's dialed in. He's getting plenty of rest. You know, average guy. You know, maybe take what six months to a year to gain an inch. Not a year. Is he a rank beginner? If he's, if yeah, he's a beginner, I mean, if he's a beginner, yeah. he can put it on, man. He can put it on oh, a lot yeah. faster than somebody yeah. in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. as you've been yeah, doing yeah, it a while, yeah, it becomes you, harder and you harder. You can put an sure. inch on in three months. Right, especially if, you, if your experience is not that great. If you're willing to commit to gaining body weight. Yeah. Right? That's the whole key. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't. If you're going to commit to gain ten pounds in ten weeks, then you can expect to see three quarters to an inch added to your arms. I'm talking an average size person. I'm not talking about a you know really small person or a really giant person. Just you know, I don't know, a five nine, hundred and eighty pound person, right? average person. You know, ten pounds. hmm, Yeah, ten ten to twelve weeks. Come on, let's go. How do you measure worry? You can't worry if a little bit of it is fat because it's going to be. Also, the balls in your court, whether or not the weight gain is fat gain is dependent upon what you are using in your content. It's not me as the coach's fault. It's your selection of foods. If if, If your additional calories are clean and primarily protein, then your weight gain is going to be lean primarily. Primarily, yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, Jim is a and before we were saying, you know, in order to put on size, people are like, oh my God, what if I gain a little fat? It's oh, no, impossible. No, no. It's going to happen. And you know what? You look at the pro guys in the off season, they're not ripped. No. You know, you can't, you can't be because they're trying to put on muscle in the off season to, to then shred down and, and compete. Well, we can't, um, let's, not even, let's not even bring those guys up because they're, they're, they're use little of pharmaceuticals puts them yeah. in a different planet. Yeah, now, Jim, normal you were coming up, JP, in the 80s and stuff like that. That's more of a, the case than it is now where health-wise, they can't stay on the fat burners that are, you know, you know what I'm saying? They they, yeah. they blow up a little bit because of that kind of stuff, too. Sure. Yeah. Now, now, Jim is a bodybuilder, so uh, if you're gaining an inch on your arms, you should put an inch on your calves as well. No way. Yes, exactly. You're, isn't it your neck yeah. also? No way. You, no, yeah. The, the calves go way slower. If calves and forearms is a different universe. Now, he was saying but for symmetry. symmetry. For symmetry, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you can, but you're not going to grow an inch in your calves in 12 weeks. Well, no, I will. Steve Reeves thing, wasn't it? it was, uh, I will, Marty. I'll yeah, make them grow. Well, I'll command the, them to grow. The rumor on the street is you have implants. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to confirm or deny that, you know, <laughs> he's rendered speechless. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as, as far as bodybuilding, that's why I asked Jim, cause he's a, uh, you know, do you know what the winning bodybuilder, do you know what the classical symmetry standard is supposed to be? Neck, calves and arms. All just, I just said that. Yes. Yes. He said okay. that. Yeah, well, that was yeah. Steve Reeves, right, Marty? Wasn't that Steve Reeves? Who came no, up? that's that's actually the Grecian ideal. Goes back to ancient Greece. It was yes. Plato and Plebeus and guys yes. like that. They got into mathematical. They have it all worked out. They have a chest size. I can't remember. I think, I think it works out that if you have like I don't know. Yeah, you look like Steve Reeves. You'd have a seventeen-inch neck, seventeen-inch arms. 17 inch calves, you'd have a 47 inch chest, a 31 inch waist, you know, 25 inch thighs. And everyone would go, Ooh, he looks like a male model. You know what I mean? (laughs) I remember I went and got a a, a suit, a jacket one time for a suit. And uh, this was at my peak, you know, I was like, I don't know, I was like 295 or something. So I go in and the guy's measuring me and all that. So I get, I go and get the suit. I pick it up. It's a size 58, right. That they had to, they had to taper. I lost all the pockets. They had to cut everything out. <laughs> Do, you have any photos? Do you have any photos? We'd like to see some of those. I don't think I have Can any photos. On? <laughs> I don't think have, I have any photos, but uh, maybe, they have uh, some, maybe they have some dance photo contests from the <laughs> 
Well, try try getting a suit jacket when you're five nine three twelve. It literally uh, looks like a tablecloth without being <laughs> tail. I didn't have money. I didn't have any money to get my hey. I don't tailor. I don't think I'm telling a tale here. I think Mark would be okay with it. But I saw Mark Chalet split his tuxedo pants at his wedding to Ellen when he did the split. What on the dance floor? Oh boy. <laughs> He's athletic, wasn't he? No, I believe he had to be helped back up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it was his first attempt. I, allegedly, there was some alcohol involved. I yeah. can't remember. Three people had to grab each arm and lift them. <laughs> oh, and then he was on stage with a band who were friends of mine, and he turns around and he goes, all right, band, he says, he says uh, play Funky Broadway on three. Hit it. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> It's like, we were never so scared in our lives. We hoped he liked our rendition. All right, let's get back to uh, protein real quick. Let me ask, oh, let me also, ask Jim one, one about quick, this. One quick point on protein is always remember that you don't have to eat every bite. Right. These modern protein shakes are great. I mean, even a two-scoop. They're unbelievable. Well, they're delivering 30 grams of protein, and it's like nothing. It's If you dissolve 30 30. I think yeah. it's 34 grams for Perillo. You drop two scoops of that. I put three scoops in, which makes an even 50 grams. Marty, take, how, take two how a day. bad, and, and JP, you know this too, how bad did those protein shakes taste in oh. the 70s, in the 80s, oh. even in the early 90s? Oh. It was... Oh. With all the competition. But, oh but, but, but we started with, the, I think, well, the earliest I remember is milk and egg, and that stuff oh. did not mix oh. up. No, no, no it never mixed up. They didn't worry about that. They didn't oh. worry about that. They didn't have the technology. I'm just, I'm actually writing an article on that now, which I talk about. Oh, it'd be good. When the protein, and it's on milk, right? Mm. And how milk became the most, for, for from the 30s until the 60s, it was the single most favored nutritional supplement yeah. for yeah. bodybuilders and weightlifters mm -hmm. and, and powerlifters. And then it fell in complete disfavor starting in the 70s, but particularly in the 80s. And the, the early supplements, the earliest ones that were put out by Hoffman and Weider, they were soy. Yeah. yeah. They were soy. They were incomplete. The only nutritional value you got out of a protein shake was the milk it was mixed in. Yeah. Well, well the soy give you man boobs too, right? Well, hey, well, it, it, I mean, it wasn't that much, but uh, but but also, and then, then when Rio H. Blair was the first guy when right. he broke on the scene, he came in with milk and egg, and that was a big, and, and the whole deal was it ain't soy, yeah. and soy is anemic and impotent and a total waste of money. And for well, years Marty, and years and years and years, that's what they sold us. Isn't it true that Arnold and them used to sneak over and? on the slide, go see Rio Blair and get his protein instead of taking oh, yeah, who was well, sponsoring him. Well, I can't, I'm, you know, yeah, I, don't I think that get, was the case. I don't want to get sued, but I can tell he you. Other was a, he was a, a allegedly, yeah, allegedly, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, well, that shows how um, primordial it was that when yeah. somebody introduces milk and egg protein, that's considered revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. You can it's make like, it holy hell, boys, couldn't we have started there, you know? God, I used to, I used to, I remember, I think I was in 10th grade, so I was like 81 or something. And I bought the, I saved up all my money. I went to yep. Beltway Plaza uh, Mall. Yep. And I went to Beltway the Plaza Mall. I know there. It. 
and I bought Weeder, you know, yeah. pure dynamic muscle builder. Yes, because yes. Menser had this picture oh, where he's oh. like making an okay sign and he's drinking it and it looks so good that, you know, it's just frothy and all that. And I, every morning I drink a big one of it and I had to go down to the bus stop, which is like a quarter mile away at the bottom of a hill. And I would puke about 50% of the time I puked it up on the way. I'd hold my mouth and how try much, not to, and try to come much, on. I'm going to lose muscle. I'm going to lose muscle. How much, how much what did you take in at a, at a time? It was only like two or three scoops. And I, and no, I, no, but how much uh, liquid? Oh, 12 ounces, I would say it was 12. Oh, 12. Oh, 12, oh Jimmy, that's so disappointing. We used to drink a quarter at a time. Oh, okay. And we weren't throwing up either. <laughs> you must have had the dynamic weight gainer. Not well, it, was a, it was a different era. Gear. It was a different era, better men. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Can we talk about protein absorption from from best to least as far as uh, protein selections, like as far as, uh, you know, eggs versus whey versus red meat and all that? What What is the absolute best protein you can be eating? I have no idea. I think eggs have the highest bioavailability. Bio Here's the way I understand it. I believe, from what I've seen, it's whey and then egg white. And then what? Red meat? I'm not sure. Um, but if you're a vegetarian, which none of us are now, the way I understand it is if you if you mix beans and rice together, yeah. that makes a complete amino acid profile. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't believe it. Yeah, I, I think there's things in, in like a steak that you just can't get from anywhere else, no matter how much you combine. Or no, there are things in a steak that you can't get from anywhere else. Yeah, it's anabolic. If you if you talk oh, to yeah. a steak eater, man, it's anabolic as hell. And you, and I'm telling you, everybody, you know, everybody in the '80s went fat phobic. Yeah, they were crazy. They went crazy over cardio, stretching, and getting rid of saturated fat. And I think the physiques reflected it. Uh, if, if you're engaged in progressive resistance training at a hardcore, that, that hopefully it's, you know, from a good saturated fat source, there are different levels of saturated fat, starting with the sort of the concentration camp animals that you get at the supermarket. That's a low grade saturated fat. We would prefer not to take that in. We would prefer from, you know, better quality, like, like animals that you get at the butcher shop. Yeah. Right. Or That's wild game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're lucky enough to come across wild game, we're not all expert outdoorsmen like you are. Jim. <laughs> That's my son. Yeah. is really good. I just follow you're, my son you're around. You're probably overflowing in ducks and geese, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So anyway, I don't no, know. but I get your point. I mean, the, pages, the, but just like, you know, yeah. Stuff at the local supermarket, that's the lowest grade. And then, you know, you go up to the grass fed and then if you get it from a local farm, even better. Well, you can even just go, you'd be surprised if you go to a local butcher shop. They're not all uh, hoity-toity. It's not, it's not like some upscale yuppie market. It's like local people yeah. who are like butchers, which is hard ass work. And they're dealing with local animals which are likely raised outside in sunshine, getting some vitamin D, that's a much better quality fat than an animal that never sees sunlight, is stuffed full of steroids. You know what I mean? That's a different, it's a different quality. And we, look, we like organic when possible, you know, uh, but this whole idea that every gram of fat needs to be exercised from the diet yeah. turned into be a total dead end. And then they would substitute 
like the worst possible substance you can take is like no fat milk because it spikes the hell out of insulin. It all the fat, fat has a dampening effect on right. insulin. Yeah. So when you take the fat out of milk, all you're left with basically is water and sugar. But you're, but you're selling it as no fat or low fat or mm -hmm. 1% or 2%. All right. And, and people are going, Oh man, that's taking all that killer fat out of my diet. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Course, well, same now, way with now, the now they're pre-diabetic. Now that was the same way with the cookies and the muffins. Like yeah. you said, in the eighties and nineties, yeah. it was all fat free, but it had no all fat. that sugar that's going to turn into fat. L I T E food. Yeah. Light. Yeah. Everything's light. Yeah. Jack LaLanne once said, if man ate it, Made it, don't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. So uh, again, if you if you're if you're looking at size, you have to be in a calorie plus state. I would yeah. suggest if you're a carb centric guy like Dorian, then you're going to have to heavy up on your carbs. You're going to have to make sure that you keep your saturated fat down to about five percent, no more than ten percent, uh, to compensate. Obviously, sugar is going to be problematic for anybody. If you're uh, kind of a ketogenic guy, great. You know, have your steak and eggs or whatever you want, but you can't cheat. You can't, you know, be having what, what uh, rice and bread and potatoes because then you're at cross purposes. Right. Right. So it's kind of pick one or the other. But now the good news is that you should eat quite a bit and i would suggest with my people is it's like if they're normal guys it's like come on man move the scale a pound a week let's go mm -hmm. you know if you really I mean, is, what is it what do you want everybody wants a bigger bench press and bigger arms okay well guess what the prescription is always the same right what's the prescription jim <laughs> more calories yeah and you know more benching yeah you know, and it's time to get serious and you got to get bigger. You don't have enough muscular firepower right now to create a bigger bench. Yeah. And the surface area is smaller, just like you said, yeah. before, you load it back up. Yeah. I mean, how much are 15, how much, how much, how much of a bench press does a guy with 15 inch arms at five foot nine and 180 pounds have? Is he going to have a 400 pound bench? Not unless he's Mike McDonald. <laughs> right. All right. Can, can we talk about triggering hypotrophy and what it takes? Hypertrophy? Yeah. Hypertrophy. <laughs> how, 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 how do you say? Hypertrophy. Or hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. I always have a problem with that word. Hypertrophy. Okay. Strategery. Right. So. How to trigger it? How do you trigger it? There's a lot there of people that aren't, that are going to the gym that aren't triggering it because they don't put in the effort. They're not well, doing 102% I mean, effort. Always, yeah. We've always talked about sort of looking at this as a pyramid. If you don't have the intensity, that's your bottom of your pyramid. Everything collapsed. You know, you can go to the gym and I mean, you see it. Often. I mean, JP, you've been in public gyms for a long time. You see the people who never make gains. Never. <laughs> they're always doing the same enough. thing. They're, all, they're never going to failure. Yeah, it's always they never, the well, they might. They might. They might. But they're doing the same crummy technique with the, you know, the, the guys who do the reverse cleans with the 135 and the easy, with the 45 pound plates and the easy curl bar. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's just the whole uh, <laughs> my look. They, they want to, they like the uniform. They like talking yeah. to the front desk yeah. people. They like yeah. sitting and looking at their yeah. phone between sets. Oh, I was in the gym for three hours. And, and, and nothing, man. And, and lifting is, is WWE. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. You, you know what? My time is just too valuable. I go in and it's like, uh, I mean, it's a passion of mine, but it's also like a business. It's something on my schedule that's, I go in and I have a certain amount of time to get everything done and get out. And when I go in, I make my best damn effort to go in and do it to the best of my ability. I keep a, a log, a journal, and I try to best that every single time whether it's by one extra rep with the same weight or five more pounds on the same, right. you know, bench press or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but <clears throat> it's, yeah. and Marty's always saying it takes, it, it takes superhuman effort to change the human body because the human body doesn't want to change. It's, it no, feels it it's thrives. fine where it's at. Right. It thrives on homeostasis. Right. Right. And it's always trying to get back there. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and, and how do we prevent that? We yeah, got to, we got to shock it. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. So if somebody's not going to train hard, all that other yeah. stuff doesn't matter, man. You can take all the stuff you want. You, and just, do, you, you just know. tread, you're just treading water. You're just yeah. doing the same stuff that you like to do in the same way you like to do it at the same time of day over and over. And maybe it's the same people sitting next to you. Or maybe it's the same guy showing up and you have a little social thing. You know, I always, anytime I go to a public facility, I wear earphones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't, I really don't. And yeah. it's hard to strike up a conversation with somebody wearing earphones. Yeah. And I don't like to hear people's conversations. No, no, no. I, really I, th don't. I think a lot of people go in and it's a, it's a psychological thing. It's like, okay, I made the effort. I came in, I wore, I worked out. Yes. Uh, I did something. Yes, therefore, did. okay, I'm good. Yeah. Um, and maybe for some people, that's okay. You yeah. know what? For for older people, whatever, just want to get up and do something and move around. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But we're talking about gaining muscle. Right. And, best, the, and that's, that's best, the best that those people can hope for is just to maintain. Right. Yeah. That's so okay. maybe that's you know, okay. Maybe just yeah. maintain, you know, if you're Yeah, it depends on what you want, but we're talking about gaining muscle. Well, so okay. gaining I muscle, I mean, takes superhuman effort mentally and physically. Yeah. So I think you need some you, know, you gotta have the intensity. And then you, number seven. Right. You gotta have some some smilax and creatine. What the hell are y'all talking about? Similax? What are you talking about? Smilax. You remember that? No, I don't. You, you, oh, wait. It was, it was like pure alcohol, and it was like in an eyedropper, and you put it under your tongue before you worked out. I don't know what it had in it. Pacifico it was, called... was counting Dabenkoside. Dabenkoside. Oh, yeah. Who right. knows? Oh, that anyway, you got to have the intensity. There's a sucker everything. born every minute. Hey, hey, that easy. Tony Fitton actually invented Dabenkoside. Go ahead. No kidding. Yeah. Um, intensity and consistency before you – you know, the, the diet and all that other stuff, you know, you're just being a regular person. So if you have those and you're training hard, whether you're, you know, I, I don't think it's necessary to go in there year round, go to failure, you know, as long as you're consistent with your weights, you're either increasing your weights or decreasing the rest or whatever, you know, something has to change intensity wise. Um, like Marty was saying, with shocking the body. And then, then you can start worrying about what we're going to do post-workout. And, you know, I like Marty's, Marty, what do you call it? The, the, it's in purpose of primitive, the, the bomb, the post-workout bomb. The, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They called it a weeder, but they called it the uh, post-workout smart bomb. Smart, smart bomb, yeah. That's what it was. And so, and they so love you know, that. I, think, I think I invented that. They love that. They're like, oh, Joe, I love that. That is good. I like 
Well, you know, uh, I was listening to Jose Ant Antonio the other day, the, the protein researcher, and he was talking about the post-workout window and how is it 45 minutes, and then they're showing and, stuff. And, 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 that, and, that it's, and that it's real, right? Yeah, it's real. And he was saying, real. well, we know this. We know this. You need the nutrition. So why take the chance? Just do it yeah. after your workout. Yeah, cover your bases. Right, Especially exactly. if you can drink it. Yeah, and be, who wants to eat after a hard workout? Yeah, what are you going to go to the diner and sit down to a steak? You know, get twenty six veal cutlets like Reg Park. Well, you want you want to, I think you want to shake a because you want <laughs> yeah. you want something that really absorbs quickly, like a yeah. whey yes. protein, right? And yes. you want to put glucose back in your system to start feeding the muscle. Yeah, post workout. I, mean, I think right now they're saying so. In the so they were saying you had to add dextrose with the whey, but now they're saying whey does have the insulin spike. Either way, I would I wouldn't worry about it. It's really tough to put on fat after a really hard workout. So you have a little sugar in it, you're going to be okay. After yeah. that, yeah, I would always wait a couple hours before I ate again. But I would rest. I'd I'd try if I was able to do this. Sometimes I'd be in my office. I'd shut all the lights off and go under the desk and take a thirty minute nap. When That's you just like up, a that's just yeah. like a Seinfeld episode. You've and we don't have we don't have time for that. We work. Oh yeah, Marty does. When we <laughs> <laughs> two out of three of us do. When, we, uh, when you when you did the smart bomb, you did the work. I did the smart yeah. bomb. Had a nap, dude. You and, wake up, you feel amazing. And you don't feel you feel like you were growing as you were? Yes, sleeping? I was just gonna say that. Yeah, you wake up all tight. Especially, yeah, especially if you have. I have a big nuclear blanket that I put over myself and I feel like I'm in like, like I'm a nuclear isotope <laughs> and I'm growing, you know, I'm glowing. Right. Yeah, man. I'm telling you. And I, and I got that feeling just uh, today and yesterday, yesterday I, I, I rocked back my poundage. I felt I was really grinding. So I went back to five threes yeah. in the squat today i did four fours in the bench then i came in i like the perillo 50 50 mm -hmm. because it's 50 percent of his high bv protein powder which we love and it's 50 percent of maltodextrin carb which is interesting because you you get that little bit of insulin burst but it's also a slower release slower, yeah, it's right. not like eating a piece of candy mm -hmm. Right, which is a little too much and then a little too little. Then you have a reaction. So I like, and I, I like a double serving of John's and the best, the absolute best is when you put it in raw milk. Mm. So then you have, it's like a anabolic atomic bomb. Right. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's like um, 70, 65 grams of protein. Yeah. 80 grams of carbs it's got some sugar in it from the milk right and you just drink that and i like it thick so it's like it comes from a a, a soda fountain like if you went into a soda fountain and yeah, sat yeah, down yeah. and they served it to you with a straw you'd be going like this is great yeah. <laughs> right you, so you know i, I drink think that's that. really i drink that then i get under the covers and i just pass out and i go unconscious in like this dreamless state and i wake up and i'm usually a little sweaty right have a cup of coffee and it's like man i'm new ready day, to roll day. yes a new day, new day. a new day is I, I think though the post nutritional smart bomb is just the cherry on top for the the workout yes yes yes, you know, yes. otherwise it's just gluttony right yeah
If you're taking the smart bomb, but you have a sissy work attitude, man, let's have more smart right. bomb. Yeah. That's right. Can we have some ice cream in that? Let's do the big, get big drink. And, and, and that's a problem that. for people. Some people are just doing the smart bombs and no workouts. Yeah. That's or, why the intensity has to be there. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah or, you got to have something the, to build back up. You can't, the, you know what the, I mean? The sub-maximal machine workout at the YMCA. Right. We go around and do one set of all 15 machines in the Y and then you're done. And then it's time for a delicious smart bomb. Or if you're out walking, you have to take a, the water bottle with you so you don't get dehydrated. Of course, if you never sweat, I don't understand why you need to rehydrate, but that's impolite to bring that up. And that's a different topic. Don't forget the pre-workout before yeah, pre the walk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now I like a little coffee before I work out. Yeah, that's a man's way of doing it, Marty. I that's do too. Man's way. That, the, the shakers with the pre work I want to kick them when I see people drinking them, and then they do half a set of tricep pushdowns and <laughs> looking around and take a picture. One guy had a one guy had a camera stand filming everything he did. Oh. I'm like, did it, does it happen if you don't film it? It just it still happens, right? Oh, it's that's like, great. Does it yeah. happen? If Who are you showing this film to? It. Who are you showing oh. it? Anyway, the coffee. That's like, that's like a title of a David K. Dick uh, science fiction novel. Does it happen if you don't film it? There you go. Modern. You, you know, uh, I get a much better effect out of co drinking coffee out of the caffeine from that than I do oh, like a, a pre-workout drink. Or something. I can't imagine working out without it. Actually, coffee and music. Yeah. Well. You know, and look at coffee too. I mean, the health benefits, it's all natural. It's a very powerful antioxidant, more than even blueberries, I think. Um, and look at all the different benefits to, to coffee. I mean, it's like, uh, it's got, um, uh, it can help prevent diabetes and it's good for the liver and there's all sorts of things. So yeah. Well, I agree that some guy said, uh, if, if we took coffee out of America, the whole country would shut down at once. Eat now. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. Honoré Balzac, the great French writer, killed himself basically ODing on coffee by age 48. He'd drink this tremendously strong blends of like Jamaican and this and that, and it was like nuclear. And he basically burnt his guts out. <laughs> the acid, the acid. Yeah, but that to him was like methamphetamine. Yeah. Right. And it can be. I mean, if you get it strong enough, that is that it gets you jittery. First, a first I don't like to be jittery. Somebody tells you they have a headache and I, I don't really get a headache. Did you drink your coffee this morning? Because as soon as you get up, that caffeine is so powerful. As mm -hmm. soon as you get off it, man, your body starts to react. Even if you wait a couple hours more than usual. So we, we love the post-workout uh, nutritional hmm. shake. Yes, absolutely. And again, you're going to have to step on the scale and be consistent. I would also suggest that you have a specific day of the week where you have your official weight of the week, right? We like to use Friday morning. So we say, well, all right, everybody's on a periodized schedule, you know, 10 to 12 weeks. And we typically start people off at like eight rep steps and moderate right. three day a week cardio and, easy to get into dieting. Hey, just cut back on your content because you're only going to lose a pound in the first week. I mean, how that's nothing. That's, you know, that's nothing. So, and then the second week again, increase the 
poundage a little bit, keep the reps. And then this middle four weeks, we moved to fives, right? And now they know what's going on. They've got four weeks of momentum under their belt. So now we get into the real work. The first four weeks, it's like, okay, you got to lose four pounds, big deal. You know, you kind of got to get used to the movements in, in the lifting and you, got, you have to implement cardio. Now, from there, once we have those three elements in place, now the second four weeks, we tighten it up. Resistance training is fives. Cardio probably is going to go to four times a week, you know, and, and again, we love the fasted cardio. Get up first thing in the morning and do something, if you can, yeah. if circumstance permit. And then in terms of nutrition, you, you have to make your Friday morning wait. Right? Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's that you 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 have and you do that and you have to start paying attention on Wednesday, and if you're over, guess what? You've got to cut back. You, you know, and, and just this consciousness. And and if you do everything at the end of the ten to twelve week period, you will be deposited at the goal you wanted to be at. Yeah. Whether it be another inch in your arms, or your you know your bench improving forty pounds, or your deadlift improving eighty, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, by you but doing it's a plan, that, it's a plan. There's a yeah. plan behind it. And they're accountable to you. You've made them Correct. accountable, not just to themselves, but to your expecting, your expectations are high and they, they know they, they have no, another. No, they're not. They're moderate. They're really moderate. Oh, they're moderate. But for them, if they haven't done it, it's, it's, you know what I mean? They got to get yeah. there. I, I had a guy I was training one time and I would give him a end goal every week. And after the first two weeks, every Saturday, I would give him a cheat day. So, you know, he would eat pancakes and then, you know, the whole thing, pizza and all that. So he gets to his goal, right? Probably, and he, he probably gained 10 pounds in the cheat day, right? Oh, yeah. But he, he, by Tuesday, he's in ketosis again. But anyway, so uh, his, his girlfriend at the time was a little heavy. She was on the obese side almost. But, so she'd been eating whatever she wanted all week, but she was looking forward to this guy's cheat day, man, because she figured out. <laughs> gonna go crazy so <laughs> make yourself chocolate chip pancakes right yeah, he comes out of the bedroom and says what oh boy you know where's my chocolate chip pancakes? he goes you didn't reach any weight goals this week your breakfast is in the pan and it was an omelet it was an omelet outside and throws it in the yard <laughs> <laughs> oh no you didn't make any hey. Hey, let's before we run out of time, let's drill down on training just a little bit because there's right. a few more questions I want to ask. Jim, you can answer this one. Well, Marty, you can too if you want, but uh, this is probably more yeah. Jim's thing. Um, so to, to trigger maximal hypertrophy, I mean, is it important to really burn? The, we, we talk about the mind-muscle connection when you're right. bodybuilding and, and adding muscle, but what about the actual burn itself? Because I know if you do lower rep sets, like five, you usually don't burn the muscle. You get up to, to seven, eight, 10, 12, whatever, you really start to burn. So how important is it that we really burn the heck out of that muscle? Um, I don't know, because we've all done tons of sets of five and gotten a lot bigger legs. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if that lactate is, is essential for muscle growth. So what about the lactic acid burn that you feel after for the next two or three days? Does that, do we look at that and go, okay, I had a great workout. I made some good progress here. I, I 
no, I hit, you know, I achieved hypertrophy. No, no, I did what I was no, supposed to no, do. No, 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 no. That is a completely wrong. Okay, uh, tell me. What's, what's, no, no, no. Yeah. What's no, there's, no, there's no relationship. You induce okay. that, that, that trauma right. through mm -hmm. high reps, multiple sets, and there's no relationship to hypertrophy. And the classic strategy for bodybuilding is you inflate a muscle by repeatedly pumping a muscle. You pump it, you pump it, you pump it, you pump it. That's no relation to strength. You understand? You can do five sets of 15 with a 55 or 60% weight and your muscle will swell to incredible. And you're, you're stretching the muscle from the inside, stretching the muscle from the inside. But that has no relationship to increasing tensile strength Yes, but I wasn't asking Any that, though. No, but that's the type of training that you're talking about. That's the kind of result. The, that, that burn you talk about only happens in response to the type of training I just described. Right. That's right. But for a bodybuilder, the two no, or three days... No, you're crippling yourself. You're, 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 complete, you're destroying your ability to have a, a workout you know, right. for so, the next yeah. three days, the next right. three days, anything you handle is going to be subpar. Right. Okay. So we don't want the burn two or three no. days later. No, no, it's not. I don't know. What do you mean by two or three days? You mean the sort of deep muscle soreness? Yeah. yeah when you get the touch. Sort of a touch. Right. No, so it's a fine no. line. It's a very fine line. You want to be able to crush it, but don't crush it so much that like Marty was saying, and that was a perfect point where everything else suffers. You, you think your body is, in its best state when it's like that? No, your best state is, oh, I just did this very hard. Now I'm recovered, right? And now I can do it again. You know, it's a fine line between too much, too little, and just right, which you know, comes as an experience. But no, you definitely don't want your whole nervous system dampened where you can't even, you know, do a curl the next day. Okay, so. but, but if you change your routine around, right? And, you know, just by doing that, you could be really sore for the next yeah. couple of days, even though you didn't overdo it, but you just train. So do we look at that burning sensation, that lactic acid buildup and go, okay, I had a great workout. Yeah. I achieved what I needed to achieve. Now my body is building and growing or no, we don't want any soreness. No, you want, no, I think, you know, um, we've all done this. Ooh, my pecs. I must've really worked them yesterday. Yeah. I think you want, uh, you know, that, that delayed on muscle soreness to onset muscle soreness to be not where it's crippling you. You know, you worked it, you know, that yeah. you got a good workout, you know, you broke down those fibers and everything, but now I'm going to, that recovery process is a lot shorter than if you just crushed yourself. Right. It's very, it's very simple. If yeah. you are sort of the touch, like you <laughs> touch the muscle yeah. and, and you get a pain reaction, you've overdone You've used you've used moderate poundage, high volume. Wow, we give let's give them a round of applause. You've done nothing for your strength, nothing for your athletic ability. All you've done is create an intense soreness that prevents any quality workout until that soreness dissipates. Yeah, you're dampening. Yeah, I'm right. throwing the microphone down and walking off the stage now. But I'm not talking about strength at all. I'm talking about muscle gains. Oh, uh, it's the same thing. There's an irre irre irrevocable relationship between muscle size and muscle strength. They're not independent of one, one another. Okay. 
if you're working out once a week, because, you know, we talk about this all the time yeah, and you're getting sore two or three days. Now you're not going to train again for another week. So yeah. is it okay to be sore for the next three days? Is that a good sign? Is that a bad sign? We don't, we don't want to do that or we do. Now, general muscle soreness, you know, in the area where that you work, yes. Crippling muscle soreness, no. Like, well, crippling, you might have tore something. No, no, I mean, sort of a touch, sort of a touch, sort of a touch. I can't touch it. It's sort of a touch. And also, if you take the toilet test, if you had a hard workout, <laughs> yeah, you go to sit on the toilet and you can't control that descent, yeah. it was too much. It was too much. Yeah. yeah, you've just you've destroyed your central nervous system. You've destroyed, and again, there's there's no athletic benefit. There's no strength benefit. There's no benefit. Okay, here's here's one for you. Time under tension versus the number of sets and reps. Do we want to look at time under tension foremost, or do we, you know, for bodybuilding, do we want to do eight to twelve reps? Do we want to think of it that way? I think you have to do all rep ranges. I think you have to do fast reps, slow reps. You know, you got to do everything. You got to do everything in your training for, for, for muscle growth. Um, and I think you're making a mistake. You know, and I see the skinny kids coming to the gym. They go over, do leg extension, leg curls for their leg workout. And the structural, they're not getting the structural density that squats and deadlifts and all this stuff, you know, does. So you have to do those kind of things that, Oh my God, look at his incredible hamstrings. So, no, I'll give you an example, Jim. So say I get on the leg press or something, just as an example. And I go, okay, I'm going to do 12 reps. Well, say that 12 reps takes me, I don't know, 20 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Seconds. Okay. Should I instead say, okay, I'm going to go for time under tension for 30 seconds, no matter how you know, whatever the rep range is, should yeah. I aim for 30 seconds worth of time? I mean, do we know which well, one is superior? Research, there was some research that came out that I think it was 40 seconds under tension. So I, I did that for a couple workouts and it came out to 12 reps. So it's around 12 okay. reps, you know, something like that. Um, but like I said before, you can, so we, we talked about this the other day about the mind muscle connection. So I would rather say to somebody, Hey man, you got to do, you know, 60 reps of curls or 30 reps of curls today. And if they're doing, you know, three set of 10, they're doing that or two set of 15 and their mind muscle connection is great, but you can, that's fine. But if you can do it with five sets of six, it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're still getting that mind muscle connection. You're still controlling the negative and you take the short rest. I don't think your body can tell a whole bunch of difference. JP, I I would, I would look at it this way. First, so much depends on the individual and their situation. We we usually work it backwards. We ask them realistically, how many days a week do you have for resistance training? How many days a week do you have for cardio? Right. Mm -hmm. And and we get that determines that and their goal. They're either uh, a thin person that is looking to, add size like we're talking about or they might be a you know an overweight person who you know wants to drop 20 pounds over the next three months for the class reunion you know yeah same strategy but a different direction uh but the first thing it you sort of back into it by determining the person first their their goal then their situation yeah 
you know, a, a good way to do it. And we, we talk about the power building, but Cassie was doing that a long time ago with his back offsets. So let's say you have to work up to a heavy triple, um, you know, and, and you got five sets or whatever you work up and you get that all out triple. And then, you know, you're, you're only squatting once a week. You want to get that muscle size. You want to go up a weight class or whatever. Then you do two back offsets, you know, take off 50 pounds, take off yeah. 70 pounds, whatever. You're doing two back offsets with the higher reps. Now you're hitting mm -hmm. the strength component, which is your your tendons, your ligaments, everything getting stronger. And then you're hitting that hypertrophy or really tearing down the muscle that you may not have done with the heavy double or triple. And, and I, we, we, had to, we, we had to slam calories in order to survive that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, I always wondered about the back offsets. Okay. So say love, you hit, say it. you hit a double or a single or a triple or whatever. Okay. May I tell you how it worked? Cause I was there. Okay. Okay. Jippy. So, so we would typically, uh, we might be in the middle of a, again, we always had a plan. Even if the plan was in the off season, we'd have off season plan where we would do totally different things. But if we were in season, let's say we were in the middle of five weeks, we would work up, everyone would have a, a top set five rep goal for the session, right? I'm tracking. Right. Mm -hmm. So we'd be wearing suits and wraps. Uh, well, I'm sorry, uh, knee wraps and a belt. Right. So we would work up to our top set of five with knee wraps and a belt. And I don't know, maybe it'd be, let's say, uh, 655 for five or 605 for five, right? Then you take the, take the knee wraps and the belt off drop 90 pounds, right? Take a 45 off each side and it feels incredibly light, but you increase your depth. When you're using your, your belt and wraps, you're only going that little bit below parallel like you mimic, like you do in competition. Mm -hmm. But when you take the stuff off, that's when you do the ass on heels stuff with the lighter weight right. and, and usually higher, higher reps. Right. Now, he, he would always say that we, we, he recommended three, but we never did more than two. And we'd use the same strategy on the bench press and the deadlift. So your back offsets were how many reps? Well, if you uh, at the beginning of the cycle, uh, we would maybe start with eights, and our back offs would be two sets okay. of ten. Okay. What about and rep speed? Oh well, I'm not too much concerned about that. Yeah. Honestly, you were just trying to survive. It's like the Batan death march every session. Well, I notice yeah. if you use grind speed on no, on no, no, sales, no, it's like you can't even no, do one or two. No, reps. no, you're no, you're you're giving all you can just to just to make you the, yeah. the just conform moderate speed. Pounds. Well, yeah. ninety pounds less is. I mean, okay, so if you're handling six oh five for five in the regular squat, you're still handling five fifteen for what eight you're in the on heel squat. Any way you can. And you got to do that for two sets. Yeah. Crush me. Right. And then you got a bench. Oh, wait a minute. And we got a deadlift in the same session. It was too much. We should have, I, I would have left it squat and bench one session and then deadlift and overhead press the another session. But, but on your, each. on your back off, when you drop 90 pounds, are yeah. you resting and doing the same weight or are you stripping it even more? Oh no. Yeah. Two, you're already warmed up. So you do two, two static sets. Same weight. Okay. The same okay. weight. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a grind baby because you're doing more weight and you're going deeper and you've got your buddies there and every, like, you know, everybody's like, okay, these are the ones that drive up. Uh, Cassidy's contention was it was the back wall set that drove up the top set. Okay. Now, definitely now, put 
surprising. And it definitely is a sneaky way of a adding way. a tonic yes. to the workout. Yes. I mean, yes. Now the and back get, off, yeah. the yeah. back off, you're, you're, you're trying to increase the weight on that each week, just like you are your yeah, top you set, right? It, yeah, you keep it even, even Steven. Everything's even Steven. Yeah. Okay, because I was, I was never sure, okay, if, if I went up to my top set by backing off, is that now confusing the muscle and going to yeah. screw it up so I don't... Yeah, you got to give the body more credit. Yeah, the body's smart, man. Okay. Now, you know, yeah. and, well, and, and again, it is, it is lighter. I mean, it, it feels better. Mm -hmm. like, it, it's, it's like you're running like, downhill. It's like you're running downhill. Yeah. It's like you're running downhill. That's a good yeah. way to put it. And then in the bench, what we would do is you would work up maybe... Well, if you're in the middle section of fives, we'd still be doing touch and go. Uh, we would save our pauses for the last four weeks before competition. So in the middle four weeks, we were doing touch and go fives and backed off with two sets of eight in the bench. Now those might've been paused, which is a real bitch. Yeah. <clears throat> two sets of eight paused after doing a, a touch and go set of five. And again, I don't know, we wouldn't drop 90, but we'd drop a good bit. Right. Yeah. And then on to the deadlift. Now Hugh was a big believer. Hugh like, to do stuff like after you finish your regular set of, we always did conventional deadlifts. We would work up to whatever. We never did more than five reps. So we would do like uh, eight weeks of fives and then threes and twos, I think. I think that's what we did. Yeah. Um, but he'd do stuff like on the back offsets for the first four weeks, we'd have a stand on a plate. And then the second and third four weeks, he'd have us doing stiff legs. Mm. Our, on our back offs. Mm. So we'd work up to a, re a set of regular deadlift conventional. And then for our higher rep set, we would do. Um, um, Dude, when you got to the meet, you must have felt great because you were doing back offs and then deadlifting. I know, it was horrible. Well, everybody, every. When, when you, you only had to do like a one rep, <laughs> you must have yeah. been like, no. <laughs> Well, every. And it, it holds to this day. You know, we train everybody on Sunday. What happens when you put your deadlift in the same day as your squat? Everybody's deadlift in competition goes up 50 pounds. I can see that. Can now, see people who put the deadlift on an opposite day, their deadlift goes no. down in competition. They've got to make a switch at some point. Well, they're not, they're not used to they're not used to deadlifting after squatting, and you wear out a lot of the same muscles. I think I started like at six weeks out. I started doing that where I would always, you know, do it like a meet. You know, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Our guys are to them a meet is like, whoa, this is so easy. Also, there's a longer rest time, right? When we yeah. train, when we train together at Cassidy's, you know, there would only be what. Um, 30 minutes between the time you finished squatting and the time you started deadlifting. Right. Yeah, that's not much. No, that's not much, particularly if you've knocked the hell out of yourself in squats and now it's time to pull. Oh, and then then he might go, hey, let's try these heaves. I've been working on these heaves. <laughs> oh, you love those. Oh, my God. Hey, I mean, because you do like, th you know, you start with like 315 and then do like 365 and you strap in and you're already destroyed because you've done conventional deadlifts and then whatever stiff leg deadlifts and now a couple sets of these heaves and then, Oh, don't forget your arms and your shoulders. And it's like, we're crawling up those stairs and we would all have our own individual half gallon of cold milk and we'd sit on our cars and we'd drink it before we go home. Yeah. And yeah. And in the mm -hmm. winter it was freezing down there. And in the summer it was like a sweat. It was like a uh, sauna. Yeah, man. Hey, Marty, talk about 
why free weights trump machines and strings eliminate the third dimension of tension with the machine there's no need to control side to side movement you can devote a hundred percent of your available strength either pushing or pulling if you have a free weight in your hands particularly a dumbbell set of dumbbells you have to devote a certain amount of your strength to keeping those keeping that tool in the prescribed motor pathway Mm -hmm. yeah so automatically machine is 33 percent less effective and that being that being said there's a lot of good machines out there you know jim and i use hammer strength and all that for rows and all that yeah but we're we're talking about for the the main lifts like think think of think of think of machines as dessert yeah right Eat your entree, eat your meat, meat and potatoes. If you got room left over, have some dessert. If you don't, right. that's okay. Move on. Right. Yeah, I think you have to spend, you know, there's nothing wrong with it as you get older. If you have some injuries or something, oh, I can't bench, I got to do this or whatever. But I think at some point you had to spend a lot of time in those structural exercises in order to get this mass or thickness that, that oh. they're searching for. And that the also, answer is. Also, Jim, as people get old, guys get older, a lot of guys refuse to go light. Right. Their ego. I know. Their man. ego won't let them. And I'm like, buddy, you, you, you got to, you don't understand a pair of thirties will in the bench press will push your arms all the way down. They go, well, I, well, you know, I don't ever use anything less than a pair of sixties. And I say, yeah, but you're only moving the belt six inches. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I do it. It's like, okay, well, well and stiffen up. No, you know what? And as you get older, you gotta, you, you have to change your mentality. You have yes, to drop the ego. You have to, and I'm, I'm 48. I'm not that old. I'm still a reasonably young man, but I've found, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been lifting right. solid since I'm 14. Right. Heavy too, not as heavy as you guys. I didn't compete or anything, but uh, very, very heavy for a long time. But after a while, your your body is not made for that. You really start feeling it when you get older. Wow. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing I love to do more now than go in and make light weights heavy that Marty is always preaching. Mm-hmm. And you go in there, use a grind speed to reduce the weight, full range of motion. And I'll tell you, you get the same, you, you get even better gains, I think. Yep. Uh, you keep your joints healthy. Yep. You're not having to kill yourself. Nope. It, and, and it's really about longevity. Uh, I noticed when I hit about 40, it's like, okay, you, you know, you have kids and stuff. You want to be able to, you know, be able to function as a normal human being when you get older. So you have to be careful and you start thinking more and more about longevity. So you really have to uh, curb the ego and just lighten it up. Who cares? Nobody cares. No, one's, wa- no, no one's watching. Nobody's no, watching. No, Nobody no, cares no. what you're doing. You if know. you're doing 30 pound curls. Which is you that was talking about the telling us earlier about the guy who had the selfie camera set up. videotaping yeah, his every, every motion in the gym. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. In the gym. He had a tripod. Yeah. A tripod. Yeah. Just like every, hey, every, everybody's got their own reality TV show going. I went to, I went to, we did a photo shoot in Torrance at Dave Fisher's powerhouse gym. Yeah. And he brings over this wooden thing. It's made out of two by fours. It's got this wood platform. It's this big monstrosity thing. It's like three or four feet high. And it, it almost looked like a single uh, squat, you know, a squat stand kind of. And I go, Dave, what's that? He goes, oh, and he puts his phone on it. 
And it's for, he built these things for in his gym for doing, you know, selfies and, and videotaping and all that stuff. That's great. (laughs) And that's why everybody's going to garage. You should, you should look like a garage. JP, you should start selling those and. No, you know what? They got magnets and suction cups now. So send me me some, I'm going to scare you. I'll send you one. Yeah. Send me some. And Marty, I know you have clients who lift in at their house and all that. That's yep. true dedication. Those guys that are squatting, deadlifting, benching on their own. Oh, that's yeah. dedication. They're, they don't care who sees them. They don't care. You know, they got to move the lawnmower out of the way and yep. get after it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's impressive to me. And make gains. I got, I tell you, my Europeans are on fire. I got, uh, got Andre and where is he in Switzerland? I've got, uh, Miles in England, Jurgen in Germany, and these guys are, they're so, they're like, I don't know, they just, you, 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 whatever you lay out, they do. Yeah. Right. And they just make it happen. Right. And it's a pleasure working with them. I'm also working with some uh, pro rugby guys, and that's, that's been nice too, because it's just like, they're like, just tell us what to do, coach. And like, great. It's like working with the guys down at Dam's Neck. Yeah. You know, and it's great to be in that those kind of circles because they're all like, uh, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You want to get bigger and first we're going to lean this guy out, then we're going to muscle him up. And I'm like, all right, let's go, man. Let's do that. That sounds great. Twelve weeks, we're going to take him down, make him light and lean and strong as possible. Then we're going to take him up. So he's going to end up like a 245 pound Ray Lewis. Yeah, you don't talk about compliance when you say it. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're pros. I mean, they just and these guys have 10, 15 years under their belt by the time they get to me. Right. And it's easy. It's just like, okay, go away, come back next week. Did you make your gains? Yep. Make all your lifts. Yep. And, uh, you know, the guy's traveling 90 miles every every week to train with us on Sunday. And it's just it's very easy. And again, this is what, what is this guy trying to do, JP? He's trying to muscle up. Yeah. And oh. it's, it gets stronger. The way that we muscle up is we get systematically stronger. We don't go for the pump or the burn or, you know, the, the, that kind of that deep muscle fatigue. It's each week we get stronger and that converts to increased muscle size. Right. right. Yep. That's our strategy and it works. And it's interesting back in the sixties and the seventies and even into the early eighties, the bodybuilders, the, the powerlifters were bigger and more impressive than the bodybuilders. Right yeah, now I'm not yeah. talking Arnold and Franco and Sergio, I'm not talking that era, but all of the, the best bodybuilders of that area all had strength backgrounds. Yeah. You could, you could tell that that's yeah. a huge thing. You know, Sergio, Franco, Arnold, come on. All those guys had, had great strength backgrounds and that's most of the reason why they ruled. Right. Talk about something. Talk about something that we don't talk enough about, uh, which is, you know, the third part of the Holy Trinity of muscle growth, which is rest, sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about that. What's important? How do we do it? I'm so surprised that so many people are not getting quality rest. It blows my mind. So many of my friends, they, you know, they just say they they don't sleep deep. They sleep restless. They, you know, they toss and turn. They don't get quality sleep. They feel like that they're burned out. And I am so grateful <clears throat> that for whatever reason, I've been hard, hardwired uh, to be able to get deep rest. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't, I have, I have been too. Um, I just don't have enough time. Like I'll get maybe five hours, maybe six hours a night during the week. Yeah. But talk about the difference between and the importance in muscle growth between just sleep and deep sleep. What's the difference? What's why is deep sleep more important? What does that mean? Sorry. You're not tossing and turning. You got deep REM. What is that? Rapid eye movement, right? Yes. Uh-huh. I, I think <clears throat> I think that more more things recover without pain. <laughs> But there's the hormonal release too. And that's that, that and, and your cell regeneration, all that is more effective when you're in that. And, and, do, you know, we, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to ask do, when, unless you're in REM deep sleep, can the body release growth hormone? Does it have to be in that deep state to release growth hormone? I have no idea. I don't know. Optimally, probably. I stumped you guys. Come on now. Oh yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know jack about science. All right, we're, we're gonna have to research. We're gonna have to Google that one. <laughs> yeah, good one, baby. Yeah. Uh, I would say this though that um, again, I think that uh, optimally, ideally, um, if you're able to nap, that's that's absolute perfection. Uh, I'm able to get. Yeah, we call it a power nap. Yeah. And just able to just like you know, fall out and for 40 to 45 minutes, I just kind of go into hibernation. Yes. Particularly after I've had a, a, a good tough workout like I had today and a, a power shake and just lay down under those heavy covers. And it just, I feel like a nuclear isotope. I feel like I'm growing. Right. <laughs> I might be, you? I might be right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what? probably the time it's happening. What were you telling me? You said because you take a nap every day, and I know not to call I'm you able, at certain I'm, times. Yeah, otherwise, I'm able, I'm able to, you know. You know, but you're real grumpy when you pick up the phone. Oh, you're I'm, grumpy I'm, anyway. But yeah, I know, I know. That's what even worse says. then. But you, you told People me because disappointed in me. You told me because you take a nap every day. It's like you, your week is like 14 days or something. <laughs> Didn't you tell me that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> I get up at, because, um, well, like today, I got up at 3.30, and they just pop awake. I mean, there's no, no alarm clock or anything in my life. It's just like, oh, boom, I'm okay, I'm awake. And I've always, I'm always coming off a good sleep, and I just pop up, and I put in the coffee, and I go to the bathroom, and I get that going, and I just come in, and I sit down, and I start doing creative writing. And it resets your mind, though. It just resets you. Uh, yeah, and then I do my other stuff, and I take a break, and I either go run in the woods, or I lift, or I run in the woods, and I lift, and then I come home, and I have my shake, and then it's all of a sudden, it's 11 o'clock. So just, but I've been up since 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, yeah. 10.30. I've been up for eight hours. Yeah. So Did now I just, I just take 40, 45 minutes. Then I get up. Again, drink coffee. I still haven't eaten anything. Um, and that's when I do my rewrites. I do my rewrites from like one to three because good writing's in the rewriting. And that's that's a different. I do my creative writing in the morning. That's a different headspace, right? So I do my rewrites. At three o'clock, I'm done for the day. And that's when I get my first meal of the day. But I'm old. And as you get old, you should take in less calories. And I just don't have a problem. Not I, I have a shake if I need it. I have two shakes if I need it. But I just, at this point in my life, I just don't need to eat until 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. JP, you're talking about when to call Marty. I'd be on my way home. I'd be like, oh, man, I got to call Marty. <laughs> Working at Penn, it's about 
20 minute drive home, but it'd be like <laughs> seven, seven fifteen, And I'd be like, damn it. It's too late. Too late. <laughs> no, there's like a Marty window that we have now at four 30 in the morning. There's only a one man up emailing me. <laughs> We're emailing have, and, I, and I always say to you, I always say, now listen, well, you know, I'll be happy to call you back tomorrow morning at 4 30 AM. Yeah. Yeah. And no one ever takes me up on it. Hey, you I have, you, you and I have talked at 4 30 in the morning. You're you know, I think the only difference is in you is that you just don't get, and as you get older, you should probably start, if you can incorporating that nap. It's just a good, it's just a good idea for your, uh, it also resets your central nervous system and what is it, the PMS and the CNS. It, it, it re, um, so when you wake up, yeah, it's like you're, you're getting up for the second half of a day, right? Yeah. So it's like every yeah. seven days, I feel like I've got like 14 fresh starts because yeah. I've got that first session in the morning, take a nap sleep deep get up boom hit it again and it's like wow okay but i do like i just wind down man by the time it gets to be three four o'clock in the afternoon i'm dead don't let me just watch a movie because yep. i have nothing i'm so burnt out mentally people would call me and it'll be like eight o'clock like, who calls at this hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah we used to just be getting dressed to go out at that hour i know right right yeah. Uh, nothing's happened until 11. Yeah. Oh, no, I was never that way. I mean, oh, even in high school, I remember, <laughs> you know, we get to a party at eight or nine o'clock and I tell my, my guys I was with, I said, look, man, you got to take me home. I'm going to bed. That guy? You were yeah. There. Oh, no, no. I had to go home and get rammed so I could grow. Oh, no, 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 no. I was dating the cheerleaders. I could go to bed every night at seven o'clock. I if if I sit down and watch TV, and I'm just sitting there, I will fall asleep six thirty, seven o'clock, no problem. Mm -hmm. I used to sneak out. Used to sneak out. Jim, you're not saying anything over there, son of college professors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's guilty. Yeah. Don't worry, no problem. Oh, hey, uh, I do have a book. Duck, we call you know we Jim. We call you Duck Blind Jimmy now. <laughs> Dude, that was the you best. know that, right? Behind your back. I'm, I'm sending you a t-shirt. <laughs> when the chicken started cackling that day when I was on the podcast. You Mark and chickens are running by the truck. Yeah, you should just, you should just say every time that um, JP announces you coming on the show, you should just give your duck call. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Quack, quack. You can be our sound effects guy. You can be our sound effects guy in the back. Anything, anything for you guys. Yeah, get James to do that. I know. A lot better than me. Uh, all right. We, hey, let's do books. Come on, real quick. Uh, I'm <laughs> You're all fired up. I'm reading Drinking in America, Our Secret History. Oh, uh, now who's that by? I know that book. Cheever. Last name Cheever. Uh, uh, John Cheever? Dad, Not John Cheever. No, it's a, it, it, that's her father or grandfather. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it, Wait, it, tell, us, tell us about it. What's going on with that? It shows that almost everything that's happened in America, including the Boston Tea Party, they didn't mean to throw it. They were they just wanted to take over the boat or something like that. But they were so drunk, they were the grabbing the tea and throwing it in. That became the Boston Tea Party. Wow. So every and the Mayflower was running out of beer. They couldn't drink the water. It had algae in it. So the Mayflower was running out of water. So they stopped in in Plymouth uh, Rock because they were out of beer. They were out of beer. They were out of beer. That's why they stoped? They were supposed to go to Virginia. But, yeah. Weren't, weren't these like religious <laughs> people? 
Yeah. Oh, that didn't matter, Marty. Beer was the first thing they built. Was oh, okay. Okay. First so it, like, it wasn't against their religion to drink. No, it, that didn't happen until later when oh. they, when everybody, you know, the thing was is. Well, religion people, must have been a lot more popular back then, right? Well, they felt safe drinking it too. You know, you're not going to get sick. And they, and it was good for their stomachs. They didn't get scurvy. They drank so, it to prevent scurvy. When they didn't have beer, people were getting scurvy. It's crazy. And then they might, somebody like, might want to resurrect that faith. I know. Not, and they said it was all the beer was like 6% back then. So, <laughs> boy, we would have we fit right in. Wow. Man. Oh, no, no, no. We would have got nothing done. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. They kept fighting. They loved to fight when they were yeah, well, well, yeah, I mean, Listen, John and I would start every morning with a big mug of hard cider. He started every morning like that. Who does? George Washington had a distillery oh. on his land and a brewery. So, no kidding. Yeah, huh? Played a huge part. It's a great book. Churchill, great book. Churchill used to drink as soon as he got up. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that big. Of, I mean, I'm not saying alcoholism, all that stuff, but a lot, you know, everybody would have those martini lunches in the 60s and all that stuff. Oh, my you God. Know? I had a few of those. Yeah, the two martini lunches or three martini lunches or five martini lunches. And I'm going home. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Are you still, are you still reading about Stalingrad? Well, actually, you know, I've morphed off that into right now I'm reading a book called Ivan's War, Life and Death in the Red Army, 1939 to 45. This is a well-known book by Catherine Meridell, and it just tells all the horrific things. Eight million Russian soldiers were killed fighting the Germans in just over, well, four years. Was it it Um, true that they weren't allowed to take a backward step, the Russians? Yeah, kind of that sort of. That's Stalin. Yeah. No, no. Stalin, Stalin issued that famous order, not one step back. It was order 802 or something. But that was kind of loosely enforced. They, um, uh, Marshal Zhukov once said, it takes a very brave man to be a coward in the Red Army. Yeah, right. And yeah, nobody was going AWOL. Nobody was going AWOL. <laughs> and by the way, Marshal Zhukov looks almost identical to J.P. Bryce. I am telling you, it is freaky. And he's about your, when he was running the war, he's about your same age. Now, what's the, what's the power lifter you were telling me I, uh, I look like? Um, the, the Russian guy. Uh, O.D. Wilson. Oh, uh, Yuri Vlasov. Yeah, Yuri peak. Vlasov. Yeah, you look like Yuri Vlasov. No, I don't. When won, Yeah, when, you won the, when he won the 1960 run, <laughs> yeah. pull that up when he's on the victory stand. He's even got your big legs. I am your uh, but anyway, I'm reading that, and I just off. finished. And, and so I'm into Ivan's War, and it's about you know the horrific uh, stuff that these guys had to go through to, to fight these guys off. I just finished. I like sci-fi, so I just finished uh, rereading Dune: The Machine Crusade. I like the Dune series a lot. Now this yeah. sucker was let's see, 745 pages. So, uh, and it was, it was good read. And I think the Dune series is the best sci-fi series ever written. And, and the sons did a good job. The father, Frank Herbert died. <clears throat> and the, the boys kind of picked up the mantle and kind of, uh, Herbert, like Faulkner created this, in, uh, Faulkner created a universe by creating a fictional ca- county in Mississippi. And Frank Herbert did the same thing. He created a fictional universe that is amazing in its detail and and a lot of it is very prescient because it was written this stuff was written in the 60s 
and how much of it has come to pass and how much of it they're looking at. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And he was yeah. a very, very technically, these guys are good writers, which is kind of mm -hmm. rare. Most, most sci-fi stuff is, is story driven. <clears throat> like they have really good stories, but eh, you know the writing itself is you know could be could be a little better. It's a little little amateurish, but uh, the, in this case that that really percolated along. So yeah, I'm uh, and again I'm enjoying both that. So I kind of got got that going. JP, what are you into, buddy? Well, you know I'm in a unique situation right right now. In case you guys weren't aware, I sell gym equipment. <laughs> little through a little site called ironcompany.com and if further if you didn't know we're, we're experiencing a pandemic and a shutdown and all that we are just all hands on all hands on deck right now trying to really take care of our customers nice. doing a good job for them um getting them their 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 gym equipment for their backyards or garage gyms you know all their bumper plates and kettlebells and and all this stuff. So no, man, it's just been. Are you still are you still wearing out your cross score? Yeah, yeah. But there's there's no time to read or anything on this side. Uh, we're just trying yeah, right. to get everybody taken care of and and. Uh, so don't don't know, have a blowout. I mean, you know, make sure you got plenty of good help. If you yeah, need yeah, James, no, I've got a. If you if you need steel, can send James down to help you out, right? I'm sure he. No, I've got a good crew of guys. I'm. Good, Making good, sure good. everybody's getting, you, you know, it's, it's really challenging right now. I tell you, like all these manufacturers and, and everybody, they're just out of equipment. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times the communication just sucks and we just have to, uh, we just have to hammer on our suppliers to get a tracking number or, or whatever for our customers. But we do it, man. I think we do it better than anybody else, but that's what I've been, uh, I've been doing lately. So no time to read, but we have to um, minutes before you go. Reading is 15 minutes before you go to bed. Dude, you work 17 hours a day. I did that work. for 40 years and read every and night. Come, and come home and read. 15 minutes before you go to bed. Well, if you I'll tell you what, I get, in bed, I get in bed and I pass you're out. You're man. out. You're out. Well, yeah, if you worked 17 hours for me, JP, you'd come home and I'd give you a nice back rub. Well, I hope so. <laughs> My, wife's in the, right. my, wife, my wife is in the other room going, what is going on? Are you drinking? That's what she's saying. <laughs> well, it is 1135. All right, yeah, listen, was, let's wrap it up. You guys are getting a little right. crazy now. Good me, like good usual. That was all right, so, uh, so yeah, it was, it was great. I love talking about this stuff. And we got some good questions answered about, you know, like what the average Joe would want to know about, you know, gaining muscle. Right. So. Yeah. Um, all right, check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Also pick up Marty's books, Purposeful Primitive and Strong Medicine at Iron Company. And like I was just talking about, you know, equipment is very hard to get right now. All the suppliers and manufacturers are out. We still have a lot of stuff. Uh, you can pre-order. We can help you out. We communicate. I think we do a great job. So check us out for any equipment that you might need, strength, cardio, flooring, anything like that. We should do, we should do uh, a dumbbell. We should do a dumbbell article, you know, because you have the best dumbbells. And we should just read. I think we have an all dumbbell. Like, like you do only exercises that use dumbbells. I think we did one of those recently. But, yeah, that your dumbbell yeah, is incredible. Yeah, the gold standard. 
oh. the gold standard. Yeah, check out our urethane solid steel dumbbells, man. You can't beat those. Uh, we've got new Jim Steele articles coming fast and furious once a uh, month. What's going on? Well, well next one's going to be about hardcore gyms, what makes a hardcore gym. Hardcore gyms, I've been around my yearning for hardcore gyms. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know what Jim reminds me of with the whole article writing thing? Remember Pigpen from the Peanuts? What? There we go. Like he'd Jesus. come in and there'd be like this tornado of dust around him. So yeah. Jim swoops up on you in this, this <laughs> dust cloud, th- throws a, an article at me and then dis- disappears. Boom. <laughs> Pig pen. Yeah, I was thinking more Don't like blind him. Jimmy. See, I'm thinking Omar Sharif. He's thinking pig pen. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. I don't know who Omar Sharif is, but thank you. <laughs> so, so, so be on the lookout for uh, more Jim Steele articles. Also, check out his website, Bass Barbell, B A S B A R B E L L dot com. What's going on over there right now? Um, how our rights are being taken away by these uh, amazingly liberal governors. You were down at um, what's the gym called? Tell us, man. Attila's gym. Yeah, in New Jersey, yeah. right? So they've been yep. on the news yep. nonstop the past couple of weeks, and you were down there. That's your gym. Yeah, my my kid and I went and, and lifted, and then the cops came, and they started ticketing everybody. They arrested a guy, and it's a gym. Yeah, Walmart's open, whatever you want in Walmart, but you can't go. And this place, they had moved the equipment six or eight feet away from each, you know, each yeah. piece. You had an hour and 15 minutes to work out. Then they closed it, cleaned it again. Then they would let another group yeah. in, but that wasn't enough for New Jersey. And it made the governor look no, bad because it's stupid. No, people are getting to the point where they're, they're desperate because yeah. especially these oh, gyms, no, no, they got this no. overhead 10, 20 grand a, a, a month and no income coming yeah. in. So they're getting yeah, desperate to where they're having to open and do something. Yeah. So... Yeah, anyway, that's another subject. But uh, anyway, that's it. Let's wrap it up. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for that. All right, guys. All right, boy. Talk to you later. Thank right, you. All right, bye.